Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest episode of the Adopt365 podcast. Before we get started, let me introduce my co-host. First of all, Microsoft Certified Trainer, Megan Warren. Hello. And Microsoft 365 Business Coach, Anthony Charman. Hello. Thank you both for joining me. Today, our podcast is all going to be around those features that are coming in Microsoft 365. We're going to have a look at the Microsoft 365 roadmap and see what's made it into the roadmap and when some of the features that stood out to us are due to arrive inside your tenants. And maybe have a bit of discussion about those features that haven't even appeared on the roadmap, yet Microsoft has already presented about them. Before we get started about that, just a quick reminder that the Adopt365 podcast is brought to you by the team at Computer World. We are a Microsoft 365 cloud services provider. Many people at the moment are looking to renew their Microsoft 365 licensing. And I would like to take this opportunity to invite you to come to us, reach out to any of us at Computer World or any of the hosts on this podcast to see how we could help you. For many of our customers that get their licensing through uh, computer world, you get access to the Adopt365 learning platform for everybody in your company. And there is information there created by all of your hosts of this podcast that will help you learn the best way to do things in Microsoft 365. And it can be organized and shared with those people inside your business. So just a little bit, little bit of a plug there that if you need help with Microsoft 365 or you're looking to renew your licensing, please make sure you reach out to us at Computer World. So let's get Let's dig deep now into the content uh, and let's see what we're going to talk about. But before we get onto the main subject, um, let's just talk about a piece of advice that you would give to the champions. So first of all, Anthony, what, what piece of advice would you give to champions for 2023? So the, the, uh, the thing I was going to say is, is, is be aware of the Microsoft 365 roadmap um, and keep an eye on it all the time. Um, there's things coming out on there all the time. Things are getting released. The, the dates on there tend to be fairly random. Um, I, I just wrote in my notes, you need to keep your wits about you with this because things just appear. I uh, went onto Microsoft Teams the other day in a meeting, uh, and just as I was chatting away with someone, I noticed that all of the icons at the top had moved around. Um, the put your hand up was completely separate from uh, the other uh, things that you can do, like the applause and uh, those bits. Um, and then only this morning, I started to uh, work in Teams um, and I uh, was looking for my device settings because I was using a different microphone over the weekend. Um, I just couldn't find it. It was hidden three layers down in the menu now, whereas before it used to be on the first click that I got to uh, on the ellipses. So, yeah, keep your wits about you with there. Keep an eye on the roadmap and become familiar with that. Um, the URL's uh, quite long, so the best thing to do is have a look in the show notes or just search for Microsoft 365 roadmap. Um, be aware that there's a number of different types of tenants there. So there's the worldwide tenant, which most people will be on, but there's also a government tenant, the GCC tenant, and um, uh, then the Department of Defense, the DOD tenant. So you see, if you see mention of those, then they are um, not really relevant to what the majority of us uh, are doing. Um, and have a look at the different areas in there. We can search by product, we can see what's in development, we can see what's rolling out, uh, and we can see what's launched. Um, not always very accurate, um, but uh, yeah, keep an eye on that and keep your wits about you and be ready for surprises. Um, so it, often things will appear without anyone having uh, known that they're coming. Brilliant. Great advice there, Anthony. Uh, Megan, what's your advice? Um, mine is similar to Anthony's in terms of um, keeping on top of things. Um, but I really think if you're a champion, it's likely that in your organisation there is more than one of you um, as champions. So my advice would be, 
make sure you're getting together as champions make sure you're sharing that information if you are looking at the roadmap make sure you're sharing that with others and that you're getting the information from them as well it's not just a one person job we want everyone to work together to make sure that everyone's using it in the right way so my main thing is come together as that champions group as that champion community and find a community as well for other champions and share knowledge within there because you'll probably find out a lot more than just what um is in the roadmap as well fantastic yep great advice i think that community around champions is really important and being able to share that information distill it uh, to those uh, colleagues inside your business um so i think my advice does relate to both of those things in some way but my advice is all around just giving it a go having a play with it now depending on what the features are what you're looking at you can either do that probably in your production tenant in a safe space so have a set of teams that are there for champions to try new features out um, have a set of documents repositories etc or if you want to try some of the more advanced features out then possibly have a conversation with your organization about having a test tenant and i think between myself uh, uh, anthony and megan we have three or four different test tenants where we can go and try different things without fear that we're going to break a production tenant or, or god forbid a customer tenant when we're trying out new features and functionality so i think having that lab having that playground where you can go and be free and try the features and learn from your mistakes without having any kind of real concern of uh, the ramifications is really, really important. I don't know how you both kind of test out the features and, and uh, understand uh, what to, to recommend and what to implement. Anthony, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Well, as, as Barry said, we have three tenants that we can use. We can use our live tenant, which is often um, where I, I go very carefully just to make sure I'm not showing clients things that they shouldn't see. Um, because that's usually got the most live information on it and it's the best place to demonstrate how we utilize um, teams uh, and channels and tabs within our organization and how we build those uh, up and use those effectively in the business. Um, we've also got a demo tenant. I've also got my own personal tenant. So there are you know three places that I go to to demonstrate different functionality. If I need to go into the admin console, I generally will go into uh, my own personal tenant because I know that there's nothing in there I can really break because it's uh, just myself and my wife on that tenant. So it uh, doesn't matter if it, it doesn't work. But yeah, it's good to do that. And uh, I just pick up on that point was go, go and play it, play with things, go and try things out. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not going to break anything. And Megan, obviously, when you're doing training, I think it's both important for you to have a safe place to do that but it's also got to feel realistic hasn't it you, you you need some content there you need some scenarios really yeah so we set our scenarios up um we tend to do it as cadbury chocolate um purely because chocolate is more interesting than it at, at, at times i can't say all the time because you know it is my job um so we set scenarios up where we've got a team then in that team we've got files we all work on i think the thing with it as well, if you aren't lucky enough to have that demo environment or another environment, if it's things like meetings, I always encourage people to give their colleague, their friend a call and say, I just want to test some stuff out on this meeting. Can you jump on this meeting with me and just do it ad hoc? It's not got to be something that you do on a live meeting where you're putting everybody in together mode and accidentally turn someone into a cat if that was even possible. But actually just jump on a call with a couple of your colleagues or if you have a social call just say 
I'm going to test some stuff out in this call if it goes wrong wrong I'm really sorry and I think people enjoy that sort of testing it before they're then thrown into the deep end and using it live as well so yeah if you have that uh, demo environment definitely set it up as a scenario know what you're working towards so then it all comes together so it is more realistic so you can see how you could use that but if not test it out with some close colleagues that if you do break it aren't going to get upset because they understand why fantastic great advice there i think it's really uh, good to kind of keep up to date share with your colleagues have those kind of lab or demo environments that you can play with what's going on so let's dig into the content then. So uh, Anthony, Megan and I have been drilling through the Microsoft roadmap. I can't remember how many uh, features there are in total uh, at the moment. So yeah, 451 features currently in development, 141 currently rolling out and 871 features uh, launched. Not quite sure how far back this goes. I'm sure there's been a lot more launched, but a lot of information there uh, to, to take in. Um, so we can't share everything with you. One approach would be to review everything that's coming out this month. But we've taken a different approach. We've kind of looked through and we've picked out some of the features that really mattered to us, really thought that they would make a difference or would fix a problem that maybe that we see in Microsoft 365. So we're going to do three rounds of this. So guys, don't give everything away in the first round. Uh, but Anthony, what, what is the, the first feature you want to talk about that you found on the roadmap? So I think I'll start with Teams. So uh, Teams is where I spend a lot of time. Um, I spend a lot of time trying to help people use it more effectively. Um, and uh, as I just mentioned in the introduction, the Teams kind of toolbar, the Teams experience is changing on a fairly constant basis. Um, and they've built in a lot of kind of usability improvements in there. Um, I remember, I think when we started working with Teams, there were three or four options on the top menu there. Uh, lots of things uh, embedded in there. But things like changing the the different views you've got in Teams, um, things like you know, as I said, they've split the raising a hand uh, piece from the other reactions, so that it makes it a lot clearer. Um, one of the features that I'm really looking forward to is is um, one which is the auto lowering of hands. So when you put your hand up in Teams, um, until until recently and or until now, um, it just stays up. Uh, and often my hosting meetings. And kind of thinking, oh, is that person asked their question? Do I need to go and put their hand down? Are they going to put their hand down? Um, what it will do now is listen to, uh, you know, if you put your hand up, it then identifies that you had a conversation with the, uh, the people on the team. And as soon as you stop, um, it will now lower your hand automatically. And that's a function that uh, isn't there yet, but will be coming in the near future. Um, breakout rooms is another thing that uh, we use quite a lot in training sessions. Um, but the problem is it's up until now it's only been the organizer of the meeting who's been able to create the breakout rooms and set them up. Um, but there's now a new role coming in the future, which is to have a co-organizer co um, for those breakout rooms. So other people can come along uh, and, and you know, move from one room to another, configure who's in each room, put comments into rooms uh, and allow that to you know, help you in managing that process, which means that if you're running the meeting, you can get on with uh, doing what you need to do rather than worrying about the logistics of those uh, breakup rooms. Um, the third thing about Teams, and I know lot of, lots of people will have uh, heard about this, is the new Teams premium uh, add-on license. So this is giving you a lot more functionality. There used to be uh, a Teams advanced communication license that you could buy to help uh, 
you uh, you know implement some of the security features and some of the branding features uh, around Teams. What they've done is taken that functionality, build it in with lots of new functionality, and add a new Teams Premium license. So you'll be able to do branded meetings. You'll be able to have um, intelligent recaps of meetings where an AI um, element will sit there and look at those meetings and, and decide who's been allocated actions, um, what the key topics of the meetings are, and allow people who have been in the meeting to go back and look at that recap, or even if you haven't attended the meeting, to go and see a very succinct review of uh, what's gone on in the meeting. The one I've had the most fun with, and uh, just re you know, reaffirming what Barry was saying about try things out, um, has been the um, live translated captions. So uh, we've got uh, a few people in the organization who speak other languages. Um, and I, what I've been able to do is have a, a meeting with them um, and for them to speak in their foreign tongue uh, and for the closed captions on mine to instantly translate that. That's quite uh, a useful thing to have. Um, especially if you're working with people or working with teams of people from uh, across Europe and uh, further afield. So that's quite a good one. And a great example of where, you know, trying it out and knowing how it works and knowing how you set it up, it wasn't as obvious as I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, so as soon as you've uh, explored that and tried it out, then uh, it's well worth, uh, you know, you, you, you see how best to use that. And that's another advantage of trying things out. You can see where they bring the real benefits. Um, lots of other things in, in Teams Premiums, um, and uh, it's worth having a look at those. There's a lot around security. If you're doing webinars, then there is a lot more you can do um, in the webinar environment, uh, but it's worth uh, exploring that. And they've set up a, a kind of concept called um, virtual appointments, so you can brand an appointment. You can get someone to book an appointment with you, um, and uh, you can configure that almost like a meeting policy. So yeah, lots going on in the Teams bit, but uh, I've talked a lot. I'll uh, let someone else talk about theirs. Brilliant. Thank you, Anthony. Some great features there coming to Microsoft Teams. More of a collection of features in your first point there, but it, it's all good. Teams Premium, I think, is going to uh, bring together a lot of features that I think many organizations want. I think there's probably going to be a little bit of... Um, for want of a better word, discussed that there's another license to pay on top of your existing uh, licensing for those features. But uh, that's the way of the world, I suppose. It, it's uh, costs are always going up. Um, Megan, what's uh, what, what's the area that stood out to you or your first area that stood out to you uh, when it came to the roadmap? Well, Anthony almost stole one of mine there with the virtual appointments um, that's coming with Teams Premium. I think that is a key one if you ever use anything like uh, bookings before it integrates bookings and teams together but allows you to see like a waiting room of people that are waiting for their appointment how long they've been in there you can send them a sms message as a reminder to attend that appointment and if they're waiting in the um, lobby or the waiting room you can send them a message saying i'm running five minutes behind i'll be with you so a lot of advancements coming with virtual appointments in Teams that I think will be really useful. And some of the examples that Microsoft have been using are like doctor surgeries or people that have multiple sort of calls or multiple meetings with different people. So you can see who they're lined up to be in a call with as well. So that is a good one coming in February 2023, I believe. I say 2023 like we're going to be talking about 2024 already. Uh, coming in February, um, supposedly. The next one 
is still in Teams and will allow you to have timeline markers in meetings as to when your name was said. So if, for example, I missed a meeting, um, but people were giving me actions, they were talking about things um, that are to do with me. Every time my name was said, there'd be a marker in that timeline. I can click that marker and go straight to that point of that meeting so I can hear what actions I've been given or what's been said. You could do that before when it was in stream. You could search your name and if it had been mentioned, you could find that and jump to that bit. Obviously, you had a bit of background work for yourself to do in terms of making sure the transcript was there and then searching for it. Now it will be automatic that you see that within that meeting summary where you see the chat, the files that were shared, all of that um, within there as well, the whiteboards, etc. So I think that'll be really good, especially if you missed an action that was given to you in a meeting or you missed the whole meeting, just really makes that more succinct rather than you watching another two hour meeting back. So um, that one, again, is coming in February um, in the roadmap as well. And then the last Teams one, because Anthony got a few, so I'll take a few now as well, um, is that you're able to or you will be able to mention everyone in a team chat. So tagging and mentioning people is becoming ever more important in teams to make sure you're getting the right notifications across to the right people. At the moment, if you have a chat message with multiple people in, you have to assume they're going to see it by sending that message. Or if you did want to tag people, you would have to tag everybody individually. So at Barry, at Anthony, et cetera, et cetera. Now you will be able to put at everyone and everyone in that chat message will be tagged and we'll get that notification so that you can make sure they've seen it. So a small one, tagging always seems like such a small change, such a small thing in Teams, but makes a massive difference as to how effective your message is and who is seeing it and what notifications they're getting. Fantastic. Some great features there. Another little gaggle of features rather than uh, one specific one, but it's all good. I'll let it pass the first time, guys. Um, but certainly some good, useful features there. Certainly the app mention of a group of people I find really useful. I found that chat messages have really kind of found their own in some of the groups that I work in. Uh, with that more social conversation, you just want to grab everyone's attention and go, <clears throat> there's this work thing we need to just uh, make sure it's happening. I find the chat messages are quite reactive, whereas the Teams messages might take a little bit longer for people to get into their in their channel messages so um, I think that's good so from my perspective uh, we've got to have a look at um, uh, the list and it was uh, one specific area that stood out to me it was probably because the name of it sounded a strange um, uh, very strange so this is uh, another Microsoft Teams feature and the uh, the title is ultrasound howling detection um, which I thought, what on earth is that about when I saw that in the list? So it's one that I had to click on. I had to read more. And it is one of those ones that I thought, this is a problem that I see every week. And this is really going to help us. So let me read you the description as it appears in the roadmap. So when multiple people join a meeting in the same room, then a feedback loop is created, which causes an echo. And in most cases, the echo quickly escalates to howling, like when a musician holds the mic close to a loudspeaker. Now, we all know that we've all been in a meeting where someone's joined the meeting in on their laptop to be able to present something up on screen. And all of a sudden, we're all being deafened by this loud screech inside the room. So what Microsoft are going to be doing is they're going to be able to uh, detect when someone has used a laptop to join a meeting that uh, there is already someone in that same room 
in the meeting with their audio on and it would automatically mute the people that then subsequently join to stop that loud screeching sound and as I say, this is one of those features that weekly I'm in meetings where this ends up happening. I don't think it's that user friendly when you're in a Teams room. They haven't mentioned how this is going to coexist with Teams rooms, but hopefully, if not initially, uh, later after it will. Um, so the GA on that is March 2023. Um, if anyone wants to go and keep an eye on that and look it up, uh, the reference number is 92391, which you can go and look up in the Microsoft uh, 365 roadmap as well. So really excited to, uh, for that feature to come. Mainly for me is because it makes technology a bit more transparent. And as I've said many times, that's one of my life goals. People shouldn't have to think about technology it should be able to just do it for us. And that's an example of where the technology is doing it for us. We don't have to worry about what's going on. So, uh, Anthony, we're back to you. So I'm, I won't go on too long this time, but I'm going to choose whiteboard. So whiteboard is one of the most interesting bits for me. I like to uh, draw endless pictures for people to explain what's going on. Um, and therefore, to a certain extent, whiteboard in um, Microsoft Teams was a little bit disappointing to start with um, because we couldn't share it externally uh, and because it had fairly limited functionality. But there's been quite a few improvements in that area. Now, the, the first one, uh, which is actually out already, is the ability for us to, to launch a, um, a whiteboard from a Teams room device. So if you're using a Microsoft Surface or if you're using um, uh, something like a Neatboard, um, which is, is fantastic, um, then you can just launch a whiteboard from uh, from the device itself. You don't even actually have to be part of a meeting at that point. So if I walk into our boardroom and start writing, uh, want to start writing on the neat board, I can kick off a, uh, um, a a whiteboard for a session from that, and then subsequently invite people to it if I want to. So that's brilliant. It's given me all of that functionality. The great thing that's coming on to uh, whiteboards in the near future, uh, it actually says January 2023. It's not there yet, but it could be there um, by tomorrow because that will be the end of uh, January 2023, is that we'll be able to put Microsoft Loop components onto the whiteboard and start to use those. So it's just awesome tools to be able to uh, communicate and collaborate in, uh, in that way on the whiteboard very vis visually. You'll be able to see who's... Uh, who's writing where or who's filling in which element of a, a column or a table or a bulleted list at any point on there. A um, couple of little things while I've got, um, where we're thinking about uh, Teams rooms. Um, there's a new functionality which will allow you to uh, use any device as a Teams room remote. Uh, and uh, there's also, what I've noticed is that the kind of old discussion about whether we're going Android or we're going um, for Windows for Teams room devices seems to be going away because there's kind of a, almost absolute parity between those devices now. So uh, yeah, love whiteboards and uh, really looking forward to the new functionality that's coming out over the next 12 months around those. Fantastic, thank you very much, Anthony. Uh, I've got some more coming on whiteboard in a minute, so uh, we'll expand upon that then. But uh, Megan, what's next on your list? Uh, next for me is probably one of my favorite apps in Microsoft 365 with Planner. Um, in January this month, so we've got one day left, um, you should be able to see Planner templates in the web version of Planner to begin with. So when you go in, there should be some pre-built templates by Microsoft that you can open up, start your Planner from there, and then you can expand and build on it. So things like the buckets, things like um, example tasks, 
will all be in there set for you already you can then go add the additional information like labels dates assignment all of that so that's a good one for me I think a lot of people when they are starting to use planner maybe don't know how to start it what to start the buckets with so even if you're not using those templates if you have the option to look at them get some ideas and then build your own um then I think that's a really good one just another thing that isn't on the roadmap but if you are somebody who uses the same planner same template over and over again and there's not one already for you in the new templates coming the way I do that and work around it is create it get it already save that as a template and then just copy that plan and use that as the newest one that I'm using so create one as your template call it event template for example and then when you are starting to plan an event copy the plan and then use that new one rather than your template but hopefully these new templates should do a lot of that job for you Definitely. No, good tips there. And I know um, copying a plan is something you, you've used for a long time, specifically around repeatable activities like planning uh, mm-hmm. marketing events or something like that. Once you've got your, your buckets and your tasks, you capture that and then you use that each time. So really good to hear that Microsoft are kind of creating that concept of having templates. And it'd be interesting to see how they uh, lay things out in there. Um, yep. So I think we're back to me now. Um, and I've picked um, something that is a common problem we see in Microsoft 365. And this is how we access and handle files in Microsoft 365. As we all know, there are a number of different locations where files can be located, uh, whether that is in SharePoint or uh, in OneDrive or then access via Teams um, in either of those locations, whether it's in a chat, whether it's in an email. And quite commonly, we find that organizations try and replicate what would have happened in the old days of technology. We go into File Explorer and access it via a network share using the OneDrive sync client or something like that. And whilst that's not wrong, I don't thoroughly agree with it. We're trying to move to a new modern way of working. And Microsoft has really got some way to go to make it a little bit more accessible. So we've got a new feature that's listed coming out uh, for GA in March called the new files app in Microsoft Teams. Uh, Microsoft build this as one place for all your content across chats, channels, meetings, and M365. Manage and organize and locate the content you need quickly and easily. In addition, wayfinding is more consistent and familiar to users. So I've got this theory that the new desktop is Microsoft Teams. And where we are going is Microsoft Teams will be the place that you go to jump off to wherever then you want to be, whether that's having a conversation with someone, whether that's in collaborating with someone, whether that is opening Word or Excel or finding a file that you need, Teams is a new way to do that. You jump on an unfamiliar PC, you get on Teams via the web or the client and you can find what you want. So I'm really interested to find out what this new experience is like. If it's easily accessible and you can maybe organize it, but what's important to you to be easily accessible, it could potentially be the new place that people use to access their files wherever they may be. There has then also been some rumors around changes coming to File Explorer and Windows 11 that will make those cloud destinations more native um, and less kind of like an added on feature afterwards. So really looking to see where this goes. I don't know if either of you have got any other thoughts or opinions around Teams uh, files in Microsoft Teams, but I see this as something that could be potentially quite uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I just hope this is the thing I've been waiting for for the last three years. Um, in that it gives us a nice, you know, almost a replacement for File Explorer. I don't think from the wording that it actually is going to be that at this stage, but I think we're long overdue a 
you know, a nice replacement for File Explorer, which doesn't require kind of, you know, will give us the opportunity to sync files, but not doesn't uh, make it 100% necessary. That will give us a kind of familiar look and feel for managing those files within the Teams environment. That will be able to find things that are in a team or in a chat or, you know, elsewhere within my uh, my SharePoint environment. I hope it's what I think it is, but I'm uh, willing to be disappointed at this stage, especially as I think it's due by the end of uh, next month, and I haven't seen any uh, pre-releases on it yet. Definitely. So, uh, Anthony, back to you in the last round of uh, your selection from uh, the roadmap. So, uh, what, what's on your list? So, I, I've chosen Viva. I um, use um, Viva quite a lot, but not really learning and topics, never really um, had the opportunity to get my head around those. But certainly, Viva Connections, uh, which is that ability, the ability to embed your SharePoint intranet into the Teams client. Um, that is always just been disappointing that when you uh, run up the Teams client on a, an iPad, you're not able to access um, that your uh, your internal website or your SharePoint uh, website on that. Um, apparently, by the end of the March, then uh, end of March, we will have support for Viva connections on iOS uh, iPad devices so uh, really looking forward to that because it's just always been you know a massive gap in what we're trying to do with that um there's a new viva connections desktop that uh, is due in march as well which will um replace what we've got at the moment um with you know, some uh, you know more like the card based environment we need to be careful with that we there are settings available to put it back to the old layout uh, which is probably what we need to do with a lot of the intranets that we've developed in SharePoint to start with as we start to adopt the uh, the new interface. And then on um, Viva Engage, which I'm getting used to calling Yammer now or Teams Communities, um, then we've got the Stories functionality. It's been there in preview for a while, but that will uh, go into uh, GA in March, which is that ability for rather than just have a community that we you know and, and join communities within Viva Engage um, to actually have individual pages where we can publish our own stories and people can follow us. Uh, and we've tried that out internally and I think it works well and fits very well with just work-related conversations um, from particular people within the organization. It's a great way to uh, to share information. And so, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing that being rolled out uh, across the people in our organization who don't have access to the uh, previews. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, Megan, what's on your uh, last of uh, your list? Well, it's scary how in sync Anthony and I are because mine is Viva related as well. Um, so mine is the fact that praise that you received via Teams or um, Yammer, I can't get used to calling it Viva Engage yet, um, that you get via Teams or Yammer will appear on your card so in teams when you hover over somebody to see their status or their phone number etc when you see all that information like their organization and all of that there'll be a little card on there that shows the latest bit of praise they received obviously that's just a small thing but actually if you missed that being posted on teams if it was posted on a team you're not part of it's just nice for everyone in that organization to also see that praise and have a look at that and if you see it, then you can go back and give them praise as well and say, oh, just in your praise on your card. Really great to hear that, etc. So, again, one of those small features, probably not going to be life changing, but actually really nice feature for people to start using boost morale and to share that good news within your organization. 
I hadn't seen that feature myself, but what an amazing feature. I think that really amplifies further the uh, the way that the praise feature can be utilized and certainly something that I would encourage people to use. I think the praise also comes into um, what, what's the feature around kind of well-being and um, uh, checking off at the end of the day. Insights. Yeah, Beaver Insights. Yeah, because it offers you the opportunity around is there, is there someone that uh, needs praise, I think, as part of that process, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you were in the virtual commute and I thought, oh, yeah, I haven't actually praised Anthony for being a wonderful colleague, as I do every day, um, I it, I would get that reminder in the virtual commute, post that to Anthony. He would see that in his chat if it was on that one-to-one -one basis, but then it would now be shown on his card. So it wouldn't just be kept between us. Everybody else would be able to see that as well. Makes sense. So... My last features all extend on Anthony's uh, discussion on uh, whiteboard um, and quite interesting uh, to see actually if you type whiteboard into uh, the search on the Microsoft roadmap, you get three pages of uh, roadmap features coming to whiteboard. So it really shows that Microsoft are uh, taking that uh, to the next level and willing to invest in that. Uh, one feature that I haven't noted on there is getting rid of the tapered pen. I really don't know why on whiteboard you've got to have a tapered pen that uh, when you write needs to taper off towards the end of your uh, pen stroke, trying to be like a fountain pen or something like that. Give give me some nice thick biro type or sharpie type pens that can be nice, big and bold. And I think it's a lot easier for everyone to read. But anyway, that one isn't on there. The ones that I have picked that are on there is uh, the ability for a timer to be added for a whiteboard. Really nice way of doing a timed whiteboard session while you're facilitating a workshop or something like that. Just going to drop the whiteboard, uh, the timer on there, set it to five minutes. Right. Everyone go fill up your ideas, have a kind of mind map session or whatever that would be. Um, the next is the ability to comment on elements on a whiteboard, I understand it. Not quite sure how this is gonna be implemented, whether it's gonna be Teams-esque down the side or whether you can select a point on the whiteboard and add your comments and thoughts. Hopefully the latter, because I think that'll work really well that you could almost go around and comment on ideas or expand upon those features. So that uh, sounded really good to me. Um, and the final one that I think we're waiting for now, I think um, uh, one of the terminologies that was used elsewhere was leveling up. Um, and that's almost what we need to happen with the whiteboard app. So I think it was last year there was a revamp of the web-based whiteboard um, tools. So that was uh, available, I think, within Teams and on uh, the um, uh, the native uh, office.com uh, interface. We're lacking behind, I think, on the iPad, on Windows, etc. Now we've still got the old experience, and you get some quite weird experiences when you chop between one and another and some of the features aren't available on the legacy client against the new client. Um, the Windows one, which is an important one to me uh, as a Surface user, um, is uh, due to come out uh, shortly as well. Uh, so the code on this one, if you want to look it up and keep an eye on it, is 82094. And that is due in February uh, to be uh, released uh, as well, I think. Um, so hopefully that will come out soon. I don't know actually looking at that one if that was last year rather than this year. So um, 
waiting for a further update. Maybe that's not the right code uh, to be tracking, but it would be good to see all of the whiteboard uh, applications uh, brought uh, up to speed from that side. But the other features there, the timer and commenting uh, GA in February 2023 and whiteboard templates are GA January uh, 2023 as well. So this is the ability to set up a whiteboard and save it as a template, much in that way that Megan uh, said around planner. If you regularly, uh, regularly do workshops or you regularly want a form to be able to do your own mind mapping exercises with the, uh, your own components on it, you can do it and then save it as a template. So I think that's a really useful uh, feature and functionality. So before we kind of go to the wrap up session and talk about what's missing, is there anything else that anyone is itching to talk about that they saw on the roadmap? And Megan, I'll let you go first. Have you, have you said everything that you're itching to say or is, is there anything else you'd just like to get in? For once, I have nothing. For once, I will keep quiet and not say anything because I've said all mine. Fantastic. Anthony? Um, the only one I wanted to add there was um, PowerPoint Live. Um, there's now the functionality to, uh, or, or planned functionality for you to be able to um, magnify the slide yourself or for any, anyone who's looking at a slide to actually magnify it. So it might help uh, with my eyesight at times when uh, um, people you know, write things far too small for me on slides, I'll be able to magnify them or the presenter can magnify and uh, can zoom in a little bit on a particular element of, uh, of a PowerPoint slide. I've not, not seen how that works yet, but uh, I know that's on its way somewhere. So, yeah, that was my uh, additional one that I didn't get out earlier. Fantastic. I think my only one uh, that really stood out to me I didn't know was coming was uh, Invisio Online, which I don't know if many people know is actually included in quite a lot of Microsoft 365 subscriptions. So this is a application that allows you to draw flow diagrams or organizational diagrams or system diagrams been around for a long time but the web version is quite easy to use and quite accessible um, lots of new features coming to visio online so if you've not checked it out already have a look at it have a look what's new on the roadmap but there's a mind map feature coming to visio for the web now this could happen in one or two ways if it happens in a very traditional visio way it will just be a set of stencils that you can drag on to uh, an empty grid to be able to plan a mind map out. What I hope is it's more like some of the uh, features and functionalities we see with dedicated mind mapping tools that are available on the market. So maybe uh, very keyboard uh, accessible. So you can very quickly do a brain dump uh, into a mind map and use the keyboards like the enter key or the shift key or the tab key to tab it out and, and things like that. It'd be great if it was going to be a bit more interactive like that. Um, that was supposed to be uh, released uh, GA in December 2023, but I did have a look on our tenant and I couldn't see anything to do with it. So be interested to see what happens when that's released. So as we go towards wrapping up now, um, Microsoft quite often at things like Microsoft Ignite or Build talk about and demonstrate features that are going to be coming to Microsoft 365. But then sometimes we never see them and maybe they're never on the roadmap. So a lot of the time they're still in works, but they're just not listed in the roadmap. So um, Megan, I think you highlighted a number of those that you couldn't find on the roadmap, but we, we feel are still still coming from Microsoft after they've been spoken about in the past. Do you want to get us started? Yeah, so the first one is mesh avatars. And this is something we've spoken a lot about on this podcast as well as to our thoughts and opinions around mesh avatars. But they are, um, when you join a Teams meeting, you either have your camera on and you see you or you have your camera off. What it will be is like a, 
I want to call it a Sims character because everyone can relate to the Sims. Um, it's like a Sims character of yourself where you've created it, you can style your hair, your clothes, etc. And then rather than seeing you, that's what people see, um, this avatar you've created. Um, we've seen it being used. They've used it in things like Ignite, like you said, Barry, to actually present a few sessions. I've seen a couple of Microsoft presenters and a, people, a few people in the inner loop of Microsoft posting on LinkedIn about using it. But when you go on the roadmap, it's not there at the moment. So whilst it's one I'm sceptical about, it's one of those ones I'm really excited to come into play, that we can test it, we can see how it works. And for those people who don't normally have their camera on, to maybe feel a little bit more comfortable by putting their avatar on. So I'd like to see when that's coming. Hopefully it's soon, because I know a few people have been testing it. Um, in the private preview as such um, at the moment. And then the next one was um, Loop. There didn't seem to be a lot about Loop in the roadmap at all, whether that's components within Teams and whatnot, or just the full Loop app, which there was a lot of conversation, a lot going on with Loop app when it was at first announced at Ignite 2020, was it? Um, but again, it's not on the roadmap. There's nothing about Loop on the roadmap as far as I could see. Um, so quite interested to see where they are with that and what's happening, because I think there was a bit of confusion as to how it will integrate with Teams and sit side by side with Teams rather than just being another application that maybe crosses over with Teams slightly. So, yeah, another one that's not on there, but excited to see come into play when it does. Definitely. Anthony, I don't know if there are any uh, to you that stood out as not being on the roadmap or maybe features that you've heard about and not sure where they are today. Um, I don't think there were. No, I've, um, I've not had a chance to spot any. I did notice going through the uh, roadmap, there's a lot of stuff around purview and, and things in, in the uh, kind of back end compliance and security piece that were of interest to me. But yes, I haven't had a chance to really uh, go through and look at those in any more detail. But no, I think the the mesh one is the one that I'm interested to uh, to see, just to see how it can be used and how people will use it. Because uh, as uh, as Megan said, we have colleagues um, who uh, just you know, almost refuse to turn their cameras on, and I don't know whether it, it makes it very difficult to interact with people if you can't you actually see anything, you just see their initials. Um, so hopefully people can uh, go to that point of bravery where they can show their little avatars and uh, work on that definitely no i think that's really important and and the, the extension of that for me was microsoft mesh in total so so microsoft yeah. mesh is this virtual reality concept uh, that's mm -hmm. available obviously the avatars were a stage one the stage two which we were hoping i think would be available around may this year from when it was spoken about ignite last year uh was this kind of virtual reality concept now be interesting to see where that goes i know um Microsoft, uh, sorry, Facebook and uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Meta have been under quite a lot of pressure as to whether the metaverse is actually ever going to happen. Um, I think we did actually see Microsoft close down their VR service the other day. So Altspace VR that I think we've all used uh, previously was closed down 
this week, I think. Um, and I think there is some discussion that the people that were on that project are now being reallocated to Microsoft Mesh in Teams, uh, much to the kind of mixed reaction of the community. I think if you're uh, an organization, that's a positive thing. I think if you were a, a, an avid user of Altspace VR, which there were some quite big communities on that platform, um, I think that's a, quite a big disappointment um, to them. So be interested to see where that goes. The other thing which I'm not quite sure um, where it is on the roadmap is this whole improvements to Microsoft 365 or the Office app, as it used to be called, being rebranded as the Microsoft 365 app now, we've slowly seen some of the features appear there. I think we've got continuous scroll um, available mm -hmm. now when you go and look at your recent items. There were other features and functionality promised to be coming to that, such as uh, organizational templates. And that is a problem that I think lots of organizations have where to publish your templates in a unified place that could be managed by a brand team or a marketing team or a comms team or something like that. So um, be interested to see where these go. So before we wrap up then, any further thoughts, anything to share with our community before we uh, say goodbye for this episode? No, nothing from me. We have silence, so it's all good, uh, I think, from that perspective. So thank you ever so much for watching this episode of the Adopt 365 pro uh, podcast. If you're planning a project around Microsoft 365, Office 365, and you want to work with the technical training or um, uh, coaching teams here at Computable, then please reach out to us um, to see how we can help you and point you in the right direction. Just a reminder, lots of organizations are now in a position where they're renewing their Microsoft 365 licensing. So if you're not responsible for that, maybe pass it on to the person that is. Uh, we at Computable can help you make sure you get the best value for money, including our training platforms and things like that in the cost of your Microsoft 365 licenses. So it'd be great to hear from you if you're looking to renew your licensing now. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We look forward to speaking to you on the next one. Cheers.